Welcome to hopefully what will become a regular feature, Backer Views. This is where we speak to elite dangerous backers and get their opinion on the game's developments. Joining me today, live from Wellington, New Zealand, it's John Harper. Welcome, John. Okay. First up, um, I thought uh, we'd talk a bit about uh, newsletters and video updates. We've had a fair few of them now. Yeah. Um, overall, what do you think about the level of community engagement from Frontier Developments? I think it's been quite nice how they sort of they mention you, know, you guys at Live Radio and you know, Escape Velocity, and they sort of touch on a few things here and there. Uh, otherwise, it's probably it, it could be more, but I don't probably don't think it. You know, they they sort of need to. I'm not part of the DDF, so that whole aspect I wouldn't really know much about. Whether there's how much involvement there is there is around that. You know, I'm a little bit biased because I get a lot of uh, interaction on the private writers forum. Apart from that, just trying to you know mentally block that out. They, they take on board a few things, don't they? So I think there's a little bit. Uh, could be more, perhaps, but it's all right. I'm not complaining. You're obviously not one of the uh, the people that have been complaining that there's just not enough uh, gameplay videos and things like that. No, I mean, but they'll 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 get to that when they're ready. I mean, of any computer development software company in the world, these guys know what their fans want. They, they've got a very strong vocal team of 23,000 people that supports them. They, you know, it's a very vocal community. They know exactly what they need. So Frontier know what they have to do, and when they've got those bits ready, they'll they'll produce them. So I'm happy to wait. When, when it's ready, it'll be ready. The, the angle people have been coming from is that compared to other Kickstarters and other very similar games, um, such as uh, Star Citizen, the, you know, the level of information has been you know, r- remarkably different um, from the different uh, projects. Yeah, and you are right. I, th- I think I could be wrong here, but Star Citizen sort of started a lot further down the track. Like you know, a lot of money, personal money, was pumped into Star Citizen, so they got. I'm not sure if the game was working, but sort of a, a semi-alpha level before they even kickstarted. So they had a lot more to show. But in saying that, they are like they're instead of doing the official official fiction angle, they're they're actually publishing newsletters with. Um, you know, here is some information about the universe, so all those people who want to write fan fiction can write it correctly, if you know what I mean. So they are, I know Star Citizen are involving uh, the fans quite a bit on that level, like they've got obviously got more than one community sort of person looking after things. So that is, I guess, comparing those two. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that sounds quite, it's, it's more of a kind of informal way of handling fan fiction. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you think that's a good idea then? Yeah, I mean, that's only one example, but Star Citizen are doing, you know, just pumping out a lot of knowledge as they go, just to, to quench that thirst. And I suppose if you do compare the two, Star Citizen are doing more. I guess if I didn't have a novel to write and I was just sitting twiddling my thumbs waiting for the next newsletter, then perhaps I might be a bit more jumpity. But whenever <laughs> I, I need a question answered, um, Michael Brooks is on it. And um, so, you know, I'm in a pretty good position. I get, I get answers to all my questions normally, unless it's, uh, you know, I still get answers like, don't know yet, but I'm sated, I guess I should say. Um, I mean, I appreciate the difference in time zone means you miss out on some of the more lively discussions on, on the forums, um, so you you know probably don't get to stamp your opinion on much over there, but uh, what for you at the moment are the most contentious topics? When I wake up in the morning, the conversations are started and finished normally, and I just sort of try and read through them when I can. I mean, how much time do you spend on there? On the forums? Yeah, I mean, do you just quickly pop on there and very rapidly just skim it? Because, I mean, obviously you don't comment as much as, as, as some of the UK-based people. I don't, I don't comment so much, but I do I do lurk. I sort of 
get up in the morning and I'll, I'll turn it on and sort of see if there's any any new topics. And I don't I don't read them all, and I I sort of look at the fan creations sub forum more than any, any of the other ones. My spare time, I guess, I put into the story. So, but I probably spend each day. I probably spend thirty minutes on the forums, all up, little bits at a time. Do you read the what comes out of the DDF in the archive? Yeah, I I, I try to. Yeah, and I, I comment on that in my podcast every now and again. I'll be doing that again in my next week, but. I try to keep up to date with the archives, which are, I guess, a little bit out of date. But With the DDF archives, obviously a lot of the info that's coming out there is actually how the game's getting shaped. Is there anything in particular that's come out of, out of the DDF that um, you know, interests you, that excites you? Yeah, the, the smuggling discussion. That was you know, pure fan squee for me. Do you guys have the term squee over in England? I picked that yeah, up from yeah, some American do. church. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was really, really awesome. I'm not going to be an explorer anymore. I'm going to be a smuggler. Definitely. Some of, some of the things don't interest me, like the, the multiple ship thing, it's not really not really for me. But the, the smuggling and the the way that the elite rankings work, or even the uh, your, your reputations, those kind of developments and, that take, take the game further than the previous games. And communications are a big one as well, because um, as you're quite aware, communications have been rubbish, to put it bluntly, across the three games. You know, rubbish slash completely useless. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I'm really looking forward to it being a, a, an actual factor in the game. Probably one of the things that excites me the most is just the, the it sounds like the ability of the police to actually do something as opposed to flying out of the space station and getting blown up by hitting each other as they try and, you know, fly out of the space dock. They can actually do some useful things. So I'm really looking forward to the police being more than just Keystone Cops. You know, they've now settled on and fleshed out the different roles that are going to be available to the players. So what do you see yourself doing in the final game? Are you just going to be a hardcore smuggler or is there some other aspect that you want to uh, get to grips with? You know, I'll probably do a little bit of everything and uh, stealing a little bit of thunder from my next podcast. But I think the, the smuggling one is definitely the most attractive at the moment to me. I think I was always going to be an explorer because that was what was of the most interest to me in, in Frontier and First Encounters. And, you know, chances are I'll be doing that. There's going to be the the new frontier and those unexplored worlds, and I'm definitely going to go out there. And perhaps I'll probably start with exploring, and once I've sort of sated that thirst, I'll then start taking illegal goods out to the frontier or whatever. Piracy sounds a little bit too hard of everything I've read. You know, piracy is just going to be too damn hard, really. We're going to have to be um, you know, pretty good with pretty good equipment to make it work. In terms of being a, a courier or you know, doing random missions for the, the Federation or the Empire, you know, I pretty much did that to death in the, in the last couple of games. But in saying that, the the potential reward of you know special equipment or special ships for doing that may may entice me to do it. I think the great thing is there is going to be so many different variations. You know, if you get bored of doing one, you've got another option up your sleeve, and you can. It's almost like a fresh game, to a degree. Depends on how much time I got to play it and how many years I'll play it for. But chances are I'll probably do a little bit of everything. But I think smuggling is definitely what I'm looking forward to the most at the moment. It's going to give you a different flavour of the game. I mean, rather than hanging out in the core systems and, and doing some maybe some trade runs, why not hide out in, in the, uh, the hive of scum and villainy? You know, why not For just sure. live your life out in the, uh, the smugglers' dens and the pirate bases and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. But um, I, I know what you mean about, um, as you said, pirates sounds like it's going to be a pretty hard uh, role to play. How much do you think of that is because of, you know, a lot of people's attitude to... You know, PvP is that somehow kind of kind of reflected badly on the pirate role and made it a bit tougher for them? Yeah, I think maybe it has to a degree. I mean, there's there's so many. It's almost complicated. I'm I'm a very simplistic kind of guy when it comes to games. I just like to uh, 
kind of point and shoot really. But you know, you got your your different groups that you can play in. So you can play with your certain mates. You can have a completely open game. You can have it without anyone. And I think if they're building this game purely as an offline single player um, or even just a cooperative, then there wouldn't be as much need to make piracy so difficult. I think you're right. But it's because the PvP option sort of exists that they really want to get rid of all the... You know, in, in all societies, you've got... 2% of them are assholes, but they stick out like sore thumbs just because of the way they act. And, you know, the, the problem's probably not as bad as everyone keeps going on about it, but, you know, those 2% are going to ruin it for everyone else. So I suppose to make piracy a, I don't know, like a high level, you know, to, to make piracy worthwhile and possibly have to be a high level commander means you actually got to invest a lot of time, all the dicks that are just going to try and ruin it for everyone. It's going to be too much effort for them to get to a point to make it worthwhile for them doing it. So hopefully they'll get bored and do something else. And then those that have really, really put the effort in become elite pilots, and then they want to do a bit of piracy. You know, they're still doing it for the the fun of elite rather than trying to be what's the word, griefers or or whatever. Yeah, definitely, um, griefers. Um, I think that if it's going to be the case that um, in an attempt to placate the people who are worried about griefers, they may make the, the pirate role a bit more difficult or unfairly punish them for the two percent, as you referred to. At the very start, I think David Braben said that they wanted to make it so that there's no particular role that was going to be better than any other in terms of, I think, like making money and things like that. He, I think that is the way he sort of worded it, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it was he wanted them all to be balanced so that the, the pros and cons you know, across the board would sort of weigh each other up or you know, there wouldn't be one way to make money faster than any other way. And still keeping with that balance, you can still make some easy entry and hard entry in terms of roles like piracy might have a high level role you have to put a lot of money into it but then the reward is is extravagantly high um for for pulling it off but to get to the point where you can do that you have to be rich with a real awesome ship and and have the contacts and etc so hard to do it but once you're in there then the you know it still works out balance it just you can't do it straight away perhaps i don't know Say, for instance, there's one particular role that was more difficult or more boring even, yeah. you know, such as like piracy or mining. Are they going to be able to kind of tweak it in such a way that, um, you know, you can artificially inflate the appeal to it in, in monetary terms to kind of get more people doing that one thing? I, I don't know, that'd be useful perhaps. Yeah, and I think the, the alpha testers are going to be pretty critical really to finding that balance I mean, you know, on on paper, you can make anything sound good, but it's when you actually put into practice whether it will work or not. Mining's a really good example, and mining was done p- poorly in the other ones. I, I struggled. I've talked about it before. Him, I could never get the MB4 mining machines to really be of any value to me, and the mining laser and finding asteroids. I don't think there actually was asteroids in Frontier, at least the version I played. Like they didn't actually exist. There was some bug or something. So mining was just a a waste of time. So, I mean, I don't really have much experience in thinking how they could make it better, but if, if like, the asteroid belt existed in the game, which it probably will, you know, so there's, there's no one places to go to mine for things, and you've got mining pirates who hang out waiting for miners to steal their, their cargo, and then you've got to defend against them, and that, that could sort of spice up. You could have a, not a mini-game per se, but you got your um a subset of pirates and a subset of the whole system really you're going to have uh, you know smugglers and pirates and stuff that are trying to deal with with the miners inside of the whole universe as a whole perhaps there are probably things they can do yeah you have to sit down and think about it but i'm sure they'll come up with something and the alpha alpha testers will say well that was a waste of time or i guess i don't know how long the alpha testing is going to go for but 
I'd imagine if they're given free reign, they'll naturally levitate towards careers that are more fun, and that will be quite good feedback in itself to the um, to frontier developments. Are you going to be on the alpha beta test yourself? Um, I sold my alpha test to pay for the the novel, but and I sold my beta as well. But then he said he didn't need it anymore because he, you know, in the final frenzy, he upped. He jaunted to uh, get the beta anyway, so I've got beta, but I don't have alpha. When you play it, are you going to play any differently than you would the final game? Are you going to give things a go to see what they're like? Yeah, and time's going to be the constraint as well. I think the first thing I'm going to do is just explore um, the areas that my novel's set in to get a feel for the galactic map, how, thing, how far apart things are, how the hyperspace mechanics work, you know, what the, what the planets look like. I've got a few, you know, there's, there's the um, the odd planet which is um, being made up for the, the game and then there's, I'm using a lot of systems which already exist and everything I've done has sort of been based on first encounters, the map and what the planets look like. So I need to go in there and, and make sure that they haven't changed or if they have changed, what they look like, how you sort of, you know, when you hyper in, do you hyper in three light astronomical units in or is it five astronomical units or how many dark systems you have to transfer to get from the system to the system so it'll be all the practical stuff sort of almost following the plot of my novel getting from this point to this point what kind of experience that sort of feels like and once I sort of got that under wraps then I'll probably just I don't know there'll be a few systems you know like I want to go to Seoul and I want to go to Acna and you know a few of the uh, the tourist hotspots if you will and then I'll, I think if I've got the time, I'll probably second start of the right and on till morning and, and see what happens. What I really want to do, actually, I want to go to Beetlejuice in First Encounters. Um, Beta Lyrae was, you know, contact Binary Star and the game crashed whenever you went there. So I'd, li- <laughs> I'd like to see if I could go there and not have the game crash. What about you? To be honest, I don't know. I mean, the thing is that they're going to need to test as much as possible of the game. Yep. So I may actually be one of those people who are real suckers who will actually sit there doing milk runs so they can afford the really big ships yep. just to find out how, how these big ships are going to handle. Unless they're going to hand out anacondas for free to everybody just so we can try them out. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, true. I was going to say, can you keep these safe file from your, from your alpha and beta testing? I wonder. Have they talked about it before? I think they have. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to wipe the, cl- the slate clean Probably for the safe. final. Yeah. Yeah. Frontier are going to want all the variables tested, so it's probably in their interest to give you, you know, fifteen save files and say, right, here's each ship. Spend a couple of hours in each ship and see what happens. It's probably more useful to them than saying, well, here's a Saker or a Sidewinder. Sorry, here's a Sidewinder. It's a start ship this time. Start the game and see what happens. I guess. I mean, you have to do that, but it's also good to test the big ships as well, like you say. Make sure you don't crash when you hit a space station. Obvious things like that. I suppose it's when you think about it like that, um, you realise that how much stuff needs to be tested. I mean, okay, so they say to me, you know, here's every ship. You've got every ship you want in your garage. Go test them all. Yeah. But, you know, if I've got all the ships, I mean, that's going to kind of take away the the reason to, to grind out some of the trading parts of the game. So, for instance, that's you know, right. they want to check that there's not going to be any uh, easy... I mean, really, really easy trade runs, which can make you a, a millionaire over just a couple of hours. So they kind of do want to encourage that grinding pe- play for a bit. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Yeah. Well, hopefully Frontier are you know, going to think about how they're going to handle the alpha test. I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of alpha testing in, in the past, like with, with Settlers 3, I think was one of the games I played, and you, know, you just sort of go for it. But that game is you know, a lot different from Elite, and I think the, vari- the variables in Elite means 
perhaps they go to John Stable and say, right, John, here's a sidewinder, go nuts. And they go to John Harper and say, right, John, here's, here's a panther clipper. I want you to focus on beefing up your panther clipper and, and heading into anarchic systems. And you know, this can be, feel free to do whatever you want, John, but something that we'd like you to look at in particular is um, dealing with piracy in big ships. Is it too hard? Is it too easy? John Stabler, we'd like you to grind away and see what you can come up with in terms of trade routes. Alan Stroud, you're, you're a live person. Why don't you go to live and see if you can find any bugs there? You know, maybe if everyone's got two or three questions they need to answer, or even if there's just a questionnaire given out beforehand so they know that we'd like you to rate this stuff You know, after you've done your three weeks of playing or whatever it is. You need a mix, really, don't you, I think, if you want to cover all your bases. But, uh, you know, a lot of people would think, oh, they're kind of limiting me, you know, if they're going to be telling me what, I, you know, starting ship I'm going to have or whatever. <clears throat> I mean, personally, I would quite happily just grind away for them until, you know, uh, I would check out all kinds of trade routes. But I think some people are looking forward to just messing around with more than anything. Yeah, but you've got to remember that you're alpha testing. You're doing a job. I mean, you've paid for the privilege, which is kind of backwards perhaps, but you're doing a job for Frontier to help debug the game to make it awesome for when it is actually released. So although you get a lot of fan enjoyment out of it and you you get to play around, you're actually there to do a job. It's, there's a responsibility with that. You know, I, I mean, I agree there, um, you know, definitely with the point, but I think that there's been this movement with a lot of games companies to kind of release beta versions of stuff as a way of drumming up interest in games as well as you know just getting people hooked yeah uh, so players see it as something as a treat you know they mm-hmm. see it as um something that is owed to them not something they owe to someone else it wouldn't surprise me if 95 percent of beta testers never file a single report even though they probably see loads of loads of issues uh, because they just look at it as an early access to the game and right. I think that kind of mentality can transfer to alpha testers, especially if you paid money for it. Yeah, maybe right. Yeah. Um, at LaveCon, uh, Michael Brooks made it pretty clear that if he had his own way, Elite Dangerous would be a hardcore PvP game with permadeath. Right. Um, in your last podcast, you said you were a big fan of PvP, or, or you really saw Elite Dangerous as a PvP game. So, what's been your experience of, of that? I haven't had any experience. I'm not a EVMO person at all. I've dabbled with World of Warcraft. But that's my own experience with it. My my angle was that if I were going to have one word to describe what elite is, besides from the word elite, it would be freedom. And I think to limit anyone's ability to do whatever they want would be against the spirit of elite. And I think PvP is is in the spirit of what elite is. So if you want to kill someone, then you should be able to go go ahead and kill them. I think that that's your right. As an elite space-fearing citizen, it's your God-given right to kill people. So if you're going to do that, you go do it. If you don't want to, that's fine. But you have that freedom in a non-restricted gameplay. That that was that was sort of my angle there. Okay. So you know you're not gonna. Are you gonna actively look for conflict with other players, or are you just gonna kind of go with the flow? I'm not actually sure to be honest. Um, all those first-person shooter games, um, you can play them in single player and you can play them multiplayer. When I play them in single player, you know I play them on the sort of the hard setting. Yeah, there's normally like a or take Doom as a as a nightmare mode and there's a there's a hard setting medium and, and normal. I normally play them on the hard level and it's a good it's a good challenge. Finish the game and I really, really enjoy it. But then I go to do any multiplayer stuff and Counter Strike was a good example. I just get my butt kicked all the time. I suck when I play multiplayer. So when it's person on person I you know, I normally down the bottom of the barrel. So to be honest, I probably try and avoid it. 
haven't really thought too much about what I'll do actually once I've got the game. I think once the game's released, I'll be, you know, how much time I'll actually have to play it because I'll be publicising the book and, you know, seeing seeing what happens after that in terms of, you know, the writing career. I might just try and hide from people, I think, and be a bit of a I'd hide in the shadows. And... As a smuggler, I dare say you will be hiding quite a bit. Yeah. But I was just thinking, obviously you have played first-person shooters, but I always found that, for instance, if you got the new Call of Duty game or something like that, if you went and played the multiplayer straight away, it was a far more level playing field. Uh, it was only as more people played it for longer that, you know... Uh, you'd get your ass handed to you, like you, like you said. Right. And in fact, for a laugh, the other day I had an hour spare where I had nothing to do, uh, but I couldn't really start up any projects or anything because it wasn't didn't have that much time. So I just quickly fired up the PS3 and went and played Call of Duty Black Ops, and I got absolutely hammered. Yeah. It was it was no fun whatsoever because obviously these people have been playing it, you know, maybe from the game start, and they're still playing it now. Uh, and I drop in after not touching it for maybe a year. Yeah. So I can understand that people feel that multiplayer is just, you know, going to be a frag fest for other people. But yeah. I guess if you're playing elite from the start, you know, are you going to maybe you you'll become one of those awesome people, I guess. If well, you, if you've got a lot of time to devote to it. That's right, yeah. Personally, I mean, I I, I mean, I backed the game at the Kickstarter. I think I he- I heard about it on day 2 and I backed it straight away. There was no question in my mind. But it was more of a um, you know, a payback period like even before I knew about the the Elite Dangerous novel options. You know, I was I was writing my own novels, and my, most of my pastime is or my free time is quite full already with other things. Um, writing being one of them, and now writing is a big, big part of that. It's Elite. I'm going to play it. There's no question. But it's probably going to be very limited. And I, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know how much time I'm actually going to be able to devote to it. So I'm going to be useless at combat. I can guarantee it. <laughs> okay, well, we won't have you in the Lave Radio Guild then, if you... <laughs> well, <laughs> unless, hey, hang unless on, we hang just on, need some on. smuggling skills. Yeah, I'll have my uses, I'm sure. I just won't be able to kick anyone's butt, but I'm going to sneak in behind them and steal things or something. Okay. I'll yeah, you, you'll have a use for me. Don't don't discount me just yet. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, uh, I think we're all done. Thanks very much for your time, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Chat again another time.